0: You are listening to the Generation Gap podcast. Uh, All opinions expressed here are personal and do not reflect or represent the values or the stance of the congregation in which we all attend. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about a sobering topic because we've been on the meme train in the last few episodes and we need to get off it. Uh, because there are some other topics that aren't as meme So we're going to talk about dying. And because dying... <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh, this isn't a meme. But dying is a very integral part of any religion, especially in most ancient religions, because you know so many people are so interested in what happens after you die. So let's start with how we think about death in the... Context of our own religion, our faith, and I guess any other topics surrounding it. We're going to start with faith and Caitlin.
1: Uh
2: huh. <laughs> Go ahead. Wait, so you just want to know, like, our opinion or, like, our. Yeah, like,
0: a, what, I don't know, just anything that comes to mind when we talk about, like, our, our own death, our own mortality.
3: Okay,
2: well. I personally, since I am Christian, I do believe that, like, we do go to heaven, but then at the same time, like, even though I believe that, like, my faith in that system isn't, like, a 100%, so I'm still, like, I still get, like, scared, I guess, or, like, worried, like, what if is isn't true, or anything like that. What if my whole life has been a lie? So mm-hmm. yeah, that's basically where I'm at, but I still I think I believe that we are, go- like, the whole heaven and Christianity thing.
3: Okay. Caitlin?
2: Uh,
1: I'm kind of the same. I don't I don't really know much about, well, obviously I don't know what happens when we die, but The Bible, I think, gave very vague um, information about heaven, which could be interpreted differently other than, you know, gold towers in the clouds. Um, It's just like, we will be together with God for eternity. Um, Okay, what does that mean? How... I mean, what are we gonna do? <laughs> like, we're just gonna sit next, chill with him or something. Do I just sit there and watch him? What do I do once I'm dead?
2: <laughs> I guess we'll never no. find can out.
1: Can I can I choose to be a, a pol- poltergeist? Poltergeist? <laughs> I don't know. How do how do you say that word?
4: A Can I choose curse? to be a
1: ghost? And... Mm-hmm. I'm haunt like... my high school bully here. <laughs> Can I choose to be reincarnated or something? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It never said there's, like, no reincarnation. It just said nothing about it. So. Interesting. Or Jeff... a
5: void?
0: Oh. <laughs> An endless void.
5: Mm-hmm. Jeffrey?
4: Uh, I believe more or less the same things like there, there is something that happens to us after death it's not the end but I have no idea what that might look like even though the Bible paints these pictures of grandeur and like you, you're gonna be happy and like singing songs and praising God all day but I'm like I, don't, I I don't know uh, where it, I left off.
0: <laughs> it's that's okay. Well, I'll, I'll I'll try to somehow edit this, but it will fa- I'll it, I'll fail miserably, and your thought will just be that you agree with Faith and Caitlin. Okay. And, that yeah, that's great. I think that I think that's what happens.
4: That's more of a uh, nice one, I think. So. Okay,
0: what about Veronica?
5: Um, I don't know. I don't really think about death. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's because we're so young. We, we just think mm-hmm. it's very far off. And it feels so distant and foreign to us. But when I... Well, recently we, we had someone who passed away who's, who's, old, who's old, I guess. But, like, for them it's not too foreign. And it's kind of odd to see someone who's not afraid of death with the idea of death when it comes to Christians. And it may be because I'm young, but I'm I'm just like, I don't know. I'm I don't think I'm too much of, of afraid, but I'm just not sure. Cause like like Caitlin said, what do we do? What do we do there? Do we just chill mm-hmm. about? Do we just hang around, have picnics all day? Cause we don't do that here. <laughs>
3: uh john
6: so i often think about what would happen if after dying you actually do return to the void like there isn't anything Mm -hmm. and what i'm thinking is like so sleeping isn't all that bad even though a good part of it is like you're not conscious at all you're not you're like the void. So, you know, if it's like that, it can't be too bad. But at the same time, somehow we were born, and before that, we don't know anything about what happened. Mhm. So the if this is true, I think the natural
0: implication is that there is reincarnation. That will be born into this world again in a different, you know, life. Yeah. Or who knows. <laughs> Maybe there's a multiverse.
3: Mhm. Okay.
6: Yeah. I mean I don't I haven't actually considered what it would be like to die per se. Just what would happen if I was dead. Yep.
0: No, when I was like a little like young child and I was, you know, first getting indoctrinated to this religion, I was, I really thought like death was the scariest thing ever. And, I, like, low-key, I've only showed up to church every Sunday just so I don't have to go to hell when I die. That that scare was there for me. I don't know why. It, it, like, I thought about death constantly. It's such an interesting thing because we never know an answer. Um, Someone mentioned that in the Bible we have clear pictures of heaven and hell. That's not entirely true. As in, we don't, I don't think... And this is this is getting into translation errors, but like, hell was never particularly defined in any of the Old or New Testament. So, for example, hell is often translated from the word the. There are there are three different Greek words that come from it. Uh, I'm butchering the pronunciation, but there's like Gehenna, Hades, and there's one more. And these three words are what we translated to you know English language of hell. But at least for the word Hades, that was used as a general term of place of the dead. It wasn't hell or heaven. It was just where people go when they die. As for uh, Gehenna, it's like a mix of a cursed place and an afterlife for those that are damned. But it was also adapted from the Greek tradition of uh, hell in in, in the Greek tradition. So it's like, in a certain sense, we think it's clear because it's mentioned a lot in the Gospels, you know, about especially Matthew and Mark, like, I think there are at least two or three instances of a place of punishment for people that, you know, don't do bad in this life. Mm. But in, in a certain way, and, and I don't know if you knew this, but I've, I've met, and I don't know how true this is, but I've met many of my Jewish friends think that hell isn't a part of their religion. Like they told me that hell isn't a part of the Jewish tradition. They don't believe in hell. Um, it's just a place where you go to die and that's it. There is no sort of afterlife promise. In the Jewish tradition, that's what I've been told by my friends. And he, when I explained the logic of hell, the devil, Satan's uprising to him from a Christian perspective, he had a really trouble time, a long trouble understanding where I was coming from. So, in a sense, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Old New Testament is a bit more clear on this subject of the devil and the hell and hell and Satan. But apparently, the old, the traditional Bible, especially the Jewish, you know, Quran, Quran. No, that's not what they read. Wait, right? No. No. anyway, Muslim.
5: Quran's the Muslim one.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, sorry. Jewish but in the Jewish Bible. tradition, it's, it's not, yeah, that clear. Hebrew Bible. The Hebrew Bible. There we go. The
4: Torah. So do you think, like, the images that are painted in, like, um, for example, in Re- Revelations or whatever, do you think those are not meant to be taken literally but instead like interpreted differently
0: that's a really good question because the revelations images of hell is where we get our ideas of hell mostly because and and this is just a, a short historical lesson is that when medieval writers and renaissance painters started painting they wanted to depict heaven and hell, and that's what they referred to as the two different places. And that's Revelations is probably like the most descriptive uh, book in the Bible describing what's what might happen in the afterlife, maybe par some of the other Old Testament ones. So, in a sense, Revelations is, is very poetic, right? It, it's a lot of things in the Revelations is very. I don't know how to say it. it. It just seems symbolic. It doesn't seem to be a literal, right? Yeah. So I feel like it could be, but at the same time, maybe it is literal. We don't. We just don't know. We can't just ask John, who's dead for two thousands of years, like, uh-huh. "Hey, were you being literal?" No, not you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, is- that's a good question.
6: Was he tripping?
3: Was he on trips? The entire time,
0: <laughs> can you imagine if like one of the disciples was on shrooms the whole time when they were writing one of the books?
1: <laughs> what if all 12 of them were
0: true? Sure. What, the what if Jesus was high?
3: What if Jesus was high when he was giving the
0: Sermon time. on the Mount? And
3: all the miracles,
0: him. all the miracles, quote unquote, were just drug hallucinations Could be <laughs> awesome. or pain reliefs. There is a, um, somebody mentioned reincarnation, I think it was Caitlin, that in the non-canon gospels, there are mentions of that. So the non-canon gospels are the ones that aren't included in our traditional gospels for various reasons. It's either they're not really reliable, or they don't really line up with certain things that the other gospels say. And this was all arbitrarily kind of decided by the people in the Nicene Council in 1800-2000 years ago, I think. But so, in those, I don't, I don't know which book it was. Maybe it was the Book of Thomas. In one of those like non-canon gospels, so in the fan fiction gospels, there is a section of the story where Jesus talks about reincarnation, ghosts, and the life after death. But it's not included in our Bible, so I don't really know. My apparently my parents read it, and I remember my mom saying that wasn't there, and she thought it was really interesting. Like, it doesn't fit the whole canon, is what she told me. And she understands why it was left out. So, I mean, it could be a part of Christianity that we just never got to experience.
3: Who knows? Um.
0: So we just talked about our initial, I guess, thoughts. What about what about if you died right now? What if like and this is this is my maybe a morbid question. And if you died right now at this moment, what do you think you will miss the most? And I'll start with John because we're gonna go work our way up now.
6: Uh what I'd miss the most Well it's not work.
3: I I I don't know actually. hmm All right, I'll skip you for now. What about uh, Veronica? Huh.
5: I think I'll miss my family if, the, if that's a thing I will remember in the afterlife. But, like, my family, my friends. I guess because I, if I died right now, I wouldn't have been able to do all the things that I wanted to do, so that I could have achieved. Maybe the thing probably the like the achievements that I couldn't finish, the goals that I couldn't mm-hmm. finish. Yeah, things like that. Or yeah, mostly things like that because I we're very young and I haven't done anything in my life. <laughs> I don't think I've done <laughs> anything too important, so
0: uh Jeff.
4: Um do you, do you mean like people <laughs> or uh, people or things? experiences things anything
0: and it could be out uh, one of each
4: Okay I guess people I can I can't choose one cuz mm-hmm. that that would be unfair but probably yeah, yeah. Like obviously faith and my parents mm-hmm. and momo And then I think the thing that I would miss the most is probably music, like listening to it and making it.
3: Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Caitlin or Faith?
1: Um, I don't know. That's kind of a hard question because will I even miss anything once I'm dead? I mean, of course, there's stuff I want to do before I die, but once I'm dead, will it even matter? Anyway, uh, I guess I would miss like dogs and stuff. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just, yeah, finding stuff that excites me. video hmm. games <laughs> not really
3: and Faith
2: well for me like yeah like family and friends and Jeff and then <laughs> and then but I would like to assume that all beautiful things in life like nature and music are also in heaven like that's what I like to assume, but like at the same time I have no idea what's gonna be there. So like, maybe just like things like oh. I don't know if like the city and the building and buildings are gonna be there because that's man made, but it could also be something that's God made. So I don't know. I'll miss the city, I guess, and also things that just won't be in heaven. But I don't know what's not gonna be in heaven. So can't say much about that. Miss sinning. What? Sinning. Miss sinning. Miss sinning. <laughs> yes, well, miss sinning.
0: Haha. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. So, one of the aspects that are of regarding death in the Bible is that, and I find this really aw- awkward, is that there's a lot of aspects where death is seen as a, Negative thing, as in we. Uh, I don't know what hymn it was, but it was like saving us from the death, the sting of death. And then there's also the idea in the John three sixteen verse, give us everlasting life. There's a constant fear of dying in the Bible all over the place. You know the promise that when Jesus comes again, death will be gone. And I feel like this sort of idea and fear of death is ingrained into the writers or the written literature of the Bible. Because everywhere we look, death is something seen as something that's you know really terrible and you want to avoid. And that's why in Christianity, there's a hope and a promise that once Jesus comes and God, uh, you know, the second coming happens, all of that will be gone. And if you think about Adam and Eve, their curse was that they have to die. So there's an ingrained fear of death that's within Christianity that I think it's passed on by generation by generation. But on the other hand, we're also taught not to be afraid of it because we're promised great things in heaven and next to God. There is a conflicting thing in the innate nature of the stories that are told, right? The Adam and Eve story, the Lazarus story, where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Um, Most of the gospels mentions about death and how Revelations depicts hell as a really scary place. So I think there is a clash, and because of that clash, sometimes we have difficult times reconciling, but I still think this is a great, uh, we still need to find the great middle ground between the two. So, yeah, that's that was my two cents on death and religion. Um, is that, has it, Does anyone
3: have anything else to add?
2: Do so we get sent to a white room?
0: Have you guys ever witnessed... Portugal?
2: The... I'm not Portugal. <laughs> Fuck, what's, what's it called? Portugal?
0: Portugal?
1: Purgatory. purgatory.
3: <laughs> Portugal?
0: Portugal is <was> purgatory? <laughs> uh-huh.
1: yeah, we go to Portugal. <laughs> That's the worst thing that could happen.
0: Going to I Portugal. Go
1: Colonizing country.
0: I don't think there's ever a Christian mention of purgatory like a biblical mention. It's a Catholic canon, but it's not a Protestant canon. And purgatory isn't <laughs> it isn't uh, I don't think it was ever mentioned in any of our biblical script, uh, scriptural texts. And it was a more of a Catholic interpretation of certain things. And I think uh, there's a lot of literature pieces, artwork in the Renaissance era, Dante's Inferno, like these sort of things popularized the idea of Purgatory. I like C.S. Lewis's depiction of death, and I say this every time. Did I share this with you guys at one point?
5: Oh, was it the one with like the gate with the different states?
0: No, it's more like well, yeah, I guess. But like, there's there's in one of C.S. Lewis's short stories, he tells a story where heaven and hell isn't a separate place where you are judged, right? like an angel or God doesn't sit in front of the door and say, you go to heaven, you go to hell because of the X and Y it's your choice. And people that go to hell choose to go there because it's more, it's better to suffer in the torment of fire than it's to be in beside the light of God. And that sort of depiction really makes sense to me because there's an ultimate irony in Christianity Christianity where we say there is free will. You know, people have the will to sin people have the will to do X and Y but then, at the end of the day, we get judged for those actions. And at the final moment in the gates of heaven and hell, we can't choose or our choice is taken away. that that ability of freedom of will is taken away. so the, so the, the inherent idea that in Christianity, there's like conflicting arguments, but uh, conflicting, I guess, not arguments, but like philosophies at play here didn't make much sense to me. But I like C.S. Lewis's idea where that freedom of will extends to your choice as a soul after death to go to heaven or hell. And he his story does a much better job than I could ever explain. But it basically goes like this. like There's this one guy. He died. He went to the gate. The angel's like, okay, go wherever you like. And he's like, why would I ever want to go to hell? That place looks terrible. So he goes to heaven. He goes to heaven and he meets... And this guy was a really successful billionaire businessman. He goes there and he sees that his old servant that he used to have is also there. But it's the servant is no longer a servant. They're equals. And they sat at the same table. They ate the same food. They sang the same songs. They sat at the same pews in church. As And this is C.S. So Lewis' short story about how this main character that we're with, the protagonist, is feeling so conflicted because... His the beggars that were in front of his uh, house, his poor relatives, all the servants—they're here, but they're also at the same table as him, which was insufferable to him. So he decided to go to hell in the end. And I—I I think that sort of short story really de- puts a good emphasis on the idea why of how it works with the beatitudes of, you know, the me. Uh, what was that? The poor. Oh, what was it? I suddenly forget. But anyways, you guys know what I'm referring to, right? Uh,
6: yeah. The beggar, beggar, and the person in the house both died, and one went to heaven, and one went to help. Terrible thing. No, but that could also work. But anyways, uh, does anybody have any thoughts,
3: concerns?
5: Silence.
2: What if hell is like you sent you get sent back to somewhere that's like earth but you never get to die resurrection or huh. I mean, reincarnation but like you're immortal I think I could be hell for something the vampire
0: Edward
1: huh. in twilight
0: I think not dying is is a pretty bad thing <laughs> like if, if if I was re incarnated into another earthly life i call that hell like getting out of this loop would be probably great and i heard that theory too that if you're still alive i don't know if you guys heard this this sounds crazy but like the theory is that if you're still alive on this earth right now and you're still conscious on this soul that means you're still in a loop of dying and living dying and reincarnate, dying and reincarnated and you haven't broken out of that loop yet for whatever reason. And I was like, this is crazy, but I like it.
5: Like a a Buddhist thing with the reincarnation thingy, where you die and then you get reincarnated over and over again. I think that's like the Asian culture thing, when you see different... um, dramas or movies. You can notice that there's a lot of reincarnations in it, which I find interesting, but I think we don't see that much in Western culture or Christian culture.
6: There's a a story that takes that idea to the logical extreme. One of them is called The Egg, and the idea is that You know, you're not just reincarnated over and over again. You become every single human or even every single life on planet Earth. Dying and reincarnating into each body. And sometimes you go back in time, sometimes you go far into the future. Time doesn't mean anything. I think that's also pretty scary.
5: Not dying I... sounds more terrifying than living like wait, not yeah, living forever sounds more terrifying than dying.
6: But then I thought, what if this is what Jesus is going through?
5: What do you mean like like the
6: the consciousness that's actually going through the dying and reliving for every single life is not any of us
3: uh, huh interesting silence silence
1: i'm I'm confused about that like are you like is John suggesting like uh, kind of like the the queen ant and the worker ant kind of thing, where they're all kind of like one body.
3: One. So body. we're all Jesus. I'm confused. I guess it's something like that. It's it's not a
6: fleshed out plot per se. The egg, hey, the short story that I talked about is about. well so it's about that dying and reincarnating except you except the life that goes it goes through every single human being so there's that story and I thought what if that is true but Jesus is the one doing it so we're all just part of Jesus' consciousness Yeah, that's crazy it's crazy and it's it doesn't have much ground as per proof, but you know it's just the food for thought.
0: Huh. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> do we have any other comments on the afterlife or the experience after death? Nope. So. The last, the last bit I want to touch on before we end today, is the idea of, I guess, what do we, how important is our faith related to the the experience of death? Because, as I mentioned brief, briefly in the earlier segment, is that Christianity is very tightly related to you know death and the afterlife because it was a great selling point. Christianity spread like hot fire, hotcakes, sorry, in the Roman era because it was the first religion ever to promise, you know, a great promise of God's heaven to everyone, not just the rich or the powerful. It was the first, you know, what you, what we could say is a mass religion, in a sense, because a lot of the times religion back in those days, like the ancient Egyptian, the ancient Greeks, the ancient Romans, were all targeted towards people of power and wealth, but in a sense, Christianity was sold as a way of saying, "Hey, your life—you might be a terrible slave and a peasant right now, but it's okay. When you're dead, God has a great thing in store for you." And that's how the church gathered a lot of followers, and that's how the early church, church you know, came to be. A lot of people that wanted to help those in need, but then you know, this later on was institutionalized, and a lot of bad things happened, especially during the Reformation, you know, people were, like, the church was very corrupt, they were stealing from the poor, et cetera, et cetera. So I sometimes think, and maybe I'm wrong, is maybe the aspect of afterlife, maybe the idea of death isn't supposed to be that important to Christianity, and we're just using a warped view of it, because we're so used to the idea of an afterlife of heaven and hell, or hell, and it actually isn't that important, because. How many times did, does Jesus mention how we should do when we're dead? Like, it, it's all about how we live now. And I and I just want to ask a question. How do you guys, does this impact your faith in any way? Like, should it impact our faith anyway? Uh, the afterlife and such.
4: But isn't one of his, like, main selling points, it, you should follow me for eternal life. <laughs> like that—that's one of his main like selling points. Right?
0: <laughs> it's on top of his LinkedIn profile. Yeah. So yeah. that that John three sixteen verse is is quoted a lot regarding the eternal life thing. And this is just my hot take on this: is that we're not that eternal life. It, it shouldn't be the goal. And I feel like it shouldn't have. Like John three sixteen is po- really popular because it, it's a great verse. <laughs> For he so loved the world and gave his only forgotten Son, and whoever first so will in him will have ever, uh, for uh, everlasting life. That sort of promise seems really nice. So we emphasize what we think is nice. And when you know John first wrote that, John the Baptist first wrote that book. He didn't write it in verses, right? He didn't put in like John chapter three verse sixteen. He didn't separate it into verses and chapters. That's what we did as you know future people. We're like, okay, we need to organize this Bible. And we put verses and chapters into the books that these people wrote. Like John didn't write it so that we were supposed to take John 3.16 just out of context and plaque it onto our walls and teach our children to memorize that verse when they're starting from seven. And my goodness, I hated memorizing that verse. So that sort of obsession and selling point regarding you know Jesus' promise of eternal life may not have been his original promise. Maybe it was our ideas. We, maybe we took a small bit of that and we ran with it. And I think that eternal life should be a result that happens, but not the process. And we, we just forget about the process in the middle. So, good question, Jeff. Anybody
5: else? Well, I kind of think about this a lot, but like, when it comes to Christianity, it was, I guess it's mainstream. And because it's so washed up, I guess, some parts of Christianity it's hard to distinguish what was really true. Cause in the, like, it's hard to tell because these, these um, letters became our Bible and we take these letters as our law, I guess. But then it's kind of hard to tell if, if, it, if the letters that John wrote fix our context in our time.
0: Hm. Uh so anybody have any closing thoughts or things to add before I close this episode out? Hm. Complete and utter silence. Exactly how I like this. Just like right. that. <laughs> Oh my goodness, John.
6: <sighs>
0: exactly like death. Okay. I'm, so, well, well, yeah, go for it.
6: I mean, it's nice. It's fun to sometimes think about that, but I think I would like to stay alive as long as possible. That's my closing thought. <laughs> so yeah life extensions i'm all for it
0: i guess there was one thing that i wanted to touch on but i'm gonna save this for a different episode so all right craig can leave and we'll
3: close this episode out